It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah, down with the traitor. Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews 98.5. This weekly Saturday program opens a window into local San Luis County public policy, policymakers, and the law affecting you. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. I've practiced law in San Luis Obispo County since 1978, handling court cases for the Democratic Party and Republican office holders. It has been my privilege to serve as Superior Court Special Master and as an elected Port San Luis Harbor Commissioner. I help folks with estate planning, real estate law, and government cases. Ordinarily, we bring you uh, the officials, lawyers, and activists who are or who want to shape law and local government, but we're going to do something a little different today in honor of uh, the Cinco de Mayo holiday. Um, We've got uh, attorney Michael Nolan of San Luis Obispo, but uh, now residing in Davis, and he's a He's a history buff to, to boot, as well as being a good lawyer. Uh, he's made a significant study of the history of Cinco de Mayo and of the treaties of this country with countries such as Mexico, Spain, France, and many of the uh, states that now are part of the United States have essentially gotten in through those treaties. So, Mike, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you, Stu. It's good to be with you. I know Cinco de Mayo is a significant holiday here in uh, California and the United States. Is it as uh, well celebrated in Mexico? Well, that's the interesting thing. I've, I've picked up a book by David Hayes Batista, written about 10 years ago. And uh, he's a, a, a academic a person in, from Southern California. And uh, he grew up with uh, the Cinco de Mayo celebrations in Los Angeles. He explains in his book how he, when he finally he went down to Mexico City as a college student, he was getting really excited for the big Cinco de Mayo celebration in Mexico. And when he got out there, he said there, there, there wasn't any celebration. <laughs> there, he was expecting, as they have in Los Angeles, parades, parties, things like that. No, everybody just went along doing what they were doing. And that made him wonder, why is Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, such a big celebration in California? And in Mexico, it's, nobody cares about it. Well, there is, a, there is a city in Mexico where it's specifically celebrated, isn't there? That's right. What the, 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 what the celebration is, it marks the anniversary of May 5th, 1862, when the uh, Mexican army defeated the French army, when the, the French were trying to capture the city of Puebla, which is the main city between Mexico City towards the coast to uh, Veracruz. And it's always been, uh, if you're going to conquer Mexico City, you have to capture Puebla. And the uh, French attempted, uh, the Mexican army surprised everybody by holding their ground and, and defeating it. The French had to retreat. 
So in Puebla, it's remembered, but it's not the nowhere near as big as it is in the United States. The difference is what my Hayes uh, Batista says is that well, that was the invasion in the, of that was in the Mexico, middle of the Civil War here, wasn't it? Yeah, the invasion of Mexico occurred because the United States was consumed with the American Civil War, and the uh, to the Hispanic Latino population in California that had not long before been Mexican citizens before the uh, 1848. They could see in California a link between the the, the southern uh, attitude to try to expand slavery and the French going into Mexico to try to, and they succeeded in imposing a, a foreign uh, monarch, Emperor Maximilian. And the uh, it's very interesting because as you read this whole book here, it says it in Cinco de Mayo is an American celebration and Mexican celebration. And it, because it, it, it joins two values, one, to preserve the Union and for freedom in the United States and to preserve Mexico and freedom in Mexico. It was a, a very North American kind of attitude that people in California saw. And it arose out of... Uh, of state assemblyman from San Luis Obispo County, Ramon J. Hill, um, in 1862, was uh, campaigning for the um, union cause at the next election. He had been elected as a Southern, supporting the Southern Democrats. So the, 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 in 18, in, in the 1861, but he very quickly became pro-union and was uh, re-elected in uh, 1863 as a, as a member of the Union Party to support the, um, the North against the South in the Civil War. And uh, in his campaign, uh, it's recounted that he uh, sent uh, letters to his constituents linking the, the battles in Mexico with the um, uh, battles in the United States and saying how both, and, and putting that link together. And, and it's... And, a lot of people really got excited about that. And so you had, um, in the Hispanic community, as they, they said, juntas were formed in cities to raise money to support uh, the uh, Mexican army and the uh, Mexican independence. And uh, when news came that um, the Mexican army had defeated the uh, French, it came at a time when the, the, the low point for the North in the Civil War seemed that but this, uh, the war wouldn't end and the South would never lose. And so the, uh, the connection was there, though, that the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the forces for freedom had succeeded and that this was something that uh, uh, people in California could celebrate because it was tangentially related to the American Civil War. You have to remember that, that when California was admitted to the Union, uh, the uh, Senate had consistently voted to split the state along the uh, Missouri Compromise line of 36 degrees, 30 minutes north latitude. More or less the northern border of San Luis Obispo County, right? No, that extends up to Carmel. Oh, okay. In fact, just, to the, just south of the, actually, Carmel, I looked it up. Carmel Highlands was right on that line. And the southern tip of Gonzales, if you're driving up Highway 101. And in other words, if you go due east from Gonzales, 
you're at the border between um, North Carolina and Virginia. Ah. So, so the, 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 the rationale behind the Senate doing that was that they expected that slavery could be introduced into Southern California. And it was the House of Representatives consistently voting, no, no slavery, in, 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 we refuse to accept slavery in the, uh, in the area of land acquired from Mexico uh, during, after the Mexican War, after 1848. And the, the, the point, of course, was if for the Mexican population in California, slavery had been uh, completely abolished in 1824 under the laws of Mexico. And um, there, was, there were very few slaves in Mexico at that time, but it was completely abolished. And there was a, also, a, um, in 1824, the, uh, as the Supreme Court noted, the, uh, they threw citizenship open to the four corners of the world. Mexico accepted all the, uh, not just not the people from the European descent, but also the people who came from mixed uh, European and indigenous Indian of, of descent, as well as every, you know, indigenous Indian in Mexico. They were all citizens. They all had the equal rights as citizens. Well, bef- before that, States, before that, they'd been subjects of the crown. Oh, exactly. That goes into the, uh, when uh, you were talking, uh, the date is coming up, April 30th, is the anniversary of the decision for Queen Isabella to uh, grant, uh, uh, authorize Columbus to sail to the try to discover the New World or islands as they see what you can find, and um, that was in April 30th, and Columbus, we pretty well understand he didn't discover America, but what he did have, unlike everybody else who came to this area of the world is he had a commission from a sovereign prince to form a government. And when they formed that government, it was under the, uh, the uh, crown of Castile, the Queen Isabella's uh, uh, kingdom. And she made it quite clear that the, that, the, that the native population were going to be subjects in the same way that the people in Spain were subjects to the crown. So there was... Um, sort of a form of slavery in a sense, but... Everybody well, was equally <laughs> equally subjected, I suppose. In in the late 15th century, all the Europe was was all divided by uh, crowns, monarchies. Everybody was a subject of somebody, and um, and basically, but because you were a subject, you had certain the rights, certain rights that you could insist on. And although the um, indigenous population was um, well, you know, uh, suffered. Uh, they had uh, a strong uh, voices in uh, Spain, uh, telling the uh, the monarchy and getting the monarchy to agree that you cannot legally uh, take the property of the indigenous people away. You cannot legally enslave them. You you have to respect their rights. Well, I guess so um, that, I guess for our listeners. Uh, how was that different under just a, a different uh, monarch, Maximilian III, uh, a French monarch coming into Mexico? Well, Maximilian was an Austrian archduke. He was the brother of the Emperor of Austria. 
And uh, he was invited by uh, uh, the conservatives in Mexico who wanted to reestablish uh, the monarchy. And remember, Mexico had only um, become independent of Spain in 1821, uh, and the, um, the, which is the end of the Mexican Revolution. But there were a lot of uh, people who uh, preferred the central government uh, controlled by a monarch, and they thought that they could uh, reestablish that. Remember, the in Mexico wasn't uh, was um, was before its independence was called New Spain, and as New Spain, it had its own government with the king at the top. It wasn't like American colonies that uh, every colony had a relation, had a governor, and was or a proprietor and related to the English English crown that way. Uh, the government was, no, the king. And nobody in Spain had any say about how Mexico or New Spain was governed. Well, there was no parliament. The king. There was no parliament huh? in Spain. Um, well, there were. No, no, there were Cortes. There? But, but they dealt with their, they dealt with uh, uh, the, the different kingdoms. They were all different. And they all had, they all had different responsibilities. Hmm. And the... Um, uh, remember that the Spain is essentially becomes uh, united when Isabella, as Queen of Castile, marries her brother, uh, her, excuse me, her cousin, uh, the, Ferdinand, the King of Aragon. And their daughter becomes Queen of both, both uh, uh, countries. Uh, but it, it, there was a time when that they could have split apart. After Isabella died, Ferdinand remarried, and if he had had uh, children, uh, they would have inherited his kingdom, and uh, so, but they would not have inherited hers, which is Castile. So in Puebla, when um, Maximilian's army was defeated uh, on the 5th of May, had California been involved in any way? Uh, San Luis Obispo County beyond... Uh, it sounds like they they were raising money to send there. Is what I after the victory in Puebla was the first good news in regarding battles in um, in the in the eighteen sixty two. There are just a, just a number of disasters in the in the civil war that were um, very disheartening. So the um, uh, in raising money to support the. Um, uh, um, Benito Juarez, the president of Mexico, uh, and uh, supporting the, uh, the, the Mexican army, people were also felt that they were uh, doing something to help the American cause, too. Uh, from, because the French were looking forward to a divided United States. And, and Maximilian wasn't at the battle. He was waiting. They, they put... once. The, they were able to capture Mexico City. Then he came in. As, um, and what had happened was, I should say, that the, the Battle of Pueblo is 1862, and when they, the Californians find out about it, they have a celebration. And then in uh, 1863, the French go back for their second attack, and they lay siege to Pueblo with a bigger army. And the question becomes, can the, can the Mexican army hold out? And um, so on May 5th, the Mexican army was still holding out against the French. 
for the second attack. But in, on May 5th, there was, a, there was the whole point of a, of a celebration to commemorate the battle the year before in order to raise money to support the, um, uh, uh, the Mexican army and the, and the opposition to Maximilian. Uh, you, you mean raise money there or raise money here in San Luis Obispo? Raise money here in California. Okay. Nobody was, they were too busy in Mexico fighting the French to one thing. Yeah. Eventually the French conquers Pueblo and then they go in and they take up uh, uh, Mexico City and they install uh, uh, Maximilian. Benito Juarez has to uh, flee the capital and, um, but doesn't give up and they, they, they keep uh, fighting and, um, as time uh, goes on, the uh, uh, while this is going on, of course, the United States diplomatically is totally opposed to the French going into Mexico. But with the Civil War, there was nothing the United States could do about it. Once the uh, Confederacy was defeated, uh, that spelled the end of the, uh, the um, regime down in uh, Mexico because aid and support, and a lot of people, even before, went down to Mexico to support Juarez against Maximilian. So, the, uh, so Mike, when was uh, when was Maximilian finally excluded from Mexico? I believe 1868. I think Goodness. And, of course, the problem that he had is uh, Maximilian um, wanted to be a just ruler. He didn't want to be a tyrant. And so when the conservatives, the people around him, wanted him to crack down on the on the, the population, uh, he refused to do so. He wanted to, he wanted to be um, a uh, enlightened monarch, not a uh, tyrant. Well, the, his supporters then started backing away and realized, oh no, he's not going to, he's not going to um, succeed in this. And instead of leaving Mexico City, he stayed. And when the uh, when the Mexico City uh, uh, was captured by the Mexican army on behalf of Juarez. Uh, they tried him for treason and had him shot. <laughs> so he didn't end well. All right. Well, there. <laughs> now, did did uh, how did that uh, interplay with the reconstruction of the United States, if at all? After I mean, we'd been through a terrible civil war. In fact. Uh, you know, one of the. Uh, go ahead. No, no, no. The, the uh, in the um, um, during the Civil War, the um, Hispanic community in California formed uh, their their uh, own the, the cavalry under the U.S. Army, and were stationed down in Arizona to block the efforts of the Confederacy to try to capture San Diego. You know, go through Arizona and get into. Uh, Southern California, and really? at the end of the war, they they came back, and part of the Cinco de Mayo celebration was a commemoration of the the Latino uh, fighting for the Union, for the American, for Abraham Lincoln, and um, so when they came back to California, uh, there was a feeling of well, let's let's have another. Um, uh, Let's keep this celebration going in California. And again, the, every May 5th, the idea was to raise money and support 
uh, for the uh, Benito Juarez and the uh, independence of Mexico. I'll be. Well, that, so that's how it came to California. Was that generally how, uh, actually, I don't know. Is it celebrated in Arizona and in uh, New Mexico on the same terms? No, because it didn't come to California. The Californians made it up. It's an American holiday. The point is Cinco de Mayo. But you're saying it's a California holiday. You're saying it's a California holiday. It's a California holiday, but it was it was made in USA. It's a, <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, and it uh, it's a has a um, uh, so it's a, it's a I would say the the book is El Cinco de Mayo, an American tradition, by David E. Hayes Bautista, and uh, it's well worth a read. There's a lot of uh, for, uh, uh, items there about San Luis Obispo and how it played the, its part in uh, in uh, raising money and and that's where Ramon Hill was one of the was one of the instigators of uh, creating a um, and Hill of course was a his mother was from um, was a, Cap- a Californio uh, that is it was a named Ortega from Goleta and uh, his father was a Yankee captain from um, Boston, and, and had, their son, had Ramon. The, had, his, had the captain come here before the uh, War of 1848, or had he... Oh, uh, yes, he got, he got the uh, Rancho uh, Galita. Okay. He was awarded. Yes, so he was... Uh, he, he, he married into the Ortega <laughs> family. He became a Mexican citizen and got a, a rancho down in Santa Barbara County. Uh, his son, he sent back to Massachusetts to uh, go to college. Thank, and, thank uh, you, Mike. We're going we're gonna to take a little break here, and after the break, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Stay tuned for uh, more information about the history of Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> 